0: If you're listening to this episode, you're probably the kind of person looking to save on some once-in-a-lifetime luxury experiences. And saving doesn't just mean saving money, but also saving your hard-earned points. Award Logic can save you a ton of points by showing you some award flights you might have not thought to check for. Check out Award Logic next time you're looking for flights and get a free trial by going to geobreeestravel.com/slash awardlogic. Thank you to Award Logic for partnering with this episode of the Geobreeze Travel Podcast. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost.
1: So let's get hacking. As far as like bougie hotels, I have not yet found a way to one hundred percent book like Disney resorts on points and miles. What I do is we we rent points from Disney Vacation Club owners, so we use sites like DVC Request or DVC Rental Store, and you pay time, Disney timeshare owners for their points or their like bookings that they've made and they can no longer attend. And so we just went to the Polynesian. A couple weeks ago, and that hotel is normally between six and nine hundred dollars a night. That's the rack rate, and we went for three hundred dollars a night. So it's not free, but it's a substantial discount. And we're doing that a couple other times this year. Hey
0: there, points people! You just heard a clip from Monique Gray from Damsel and Development. Monique is a South Florida-based wife and mother who owns a construction management business. She's addicted to optimization and strategic thinking, and really, really, really loves Disney. In this episode we talk about some of the most luxurious and aspirational Disney experiences available. Everything from dining, to hotels, to invite-only secret society parties, to private tours, and how you can save tens of thousands of dollars on these types of experiences that I personally didn't even realize existed. If you're looking to redeem points for Disney park tickets, the Built Card lets you redeem points at a rate of 1.25 cents per point, which is currently the leading redemption rate for park tickets among the standard flexible points currencies. Additionally, the card has no annual fee and lets you in on so many other perks like exclusive status matches and buy one get one free offers on everything from cruise sailings to soul cycle classes. I'm a senior advisor for their program and I love seeing all of the new offerings that they come out with each month. Remember, if you decide to apply for the build card or any other card, never apply directly through Google. Always use a friend or creator's referral links. If you're interested in supporting this show when you apply for your next card, check out geobreeze travel.com slash cards. And if you're not sure what card is right for you, I offer free credit card consultations. Just go to geobreeze travel.com slash consultations. And we have links to the build card and the free consultation form for you in the show notes as well. And now on with the show. Hey, Monique, welcome to the Geobreeze Travel podcast.
1: Hey, Julia. How's it going?
0: Good. I'm excited to chat with you. I am excited to talk about all of these bougie Disney things that I didn't even know existed. We are going to talk about Bougie restaurants and VIP experiences and hotels that you can stay at with Disney for exorbitant amounts of money or not. Close to nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Or not ridiculous amounts of money. Before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. And how do you know about all these things? Are you royalty, daughter of a celebrity, (laughs) trust fund baby to know about these? five-figure experiences at a children's theme park. Tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, not even a little bit. I can say I, you know, have a taste for luxury, but I did not come by that naturally. My family, you know, did grow up going to Disney. I am born and raised in Florida, so we took a lot of school trips there, and I actually went to college in Central Florida as well. But you can imagine on a college student's budget, you know, you've got to keep keep your, uh, in park purchases to a minimum, I would say. But I did have a lot of friends and sorority sisters who were cast members at Disney and managed to get me in for free a handful of times. So I have yet to find a better Disney travel hack than that. But no, I mean, we, you know, grew up going to the parks quite a bit. And because of that, you know, our, our trips there were pretty, I would say pretty frugal. Yeah. So I actually fell into the game of points and miles unknowingly on a Disney trip with my now husband. He had opened a Chase Disney Premier Visa card and was genuinely drawn in by the Darth Vader card design. So as I mentioned, you know, my family went to Disney pretty often, but because we were kind of frugal about it, you know, we just would bring our own snacks and drinks. We would very rarely get like souvenirs, no extra expenses, like, you know, photo pass or Bibbity bobbity Boutique or even the little ponchos. So you got to hope it doesn't rain (laughs) or bring your own, I suppose. But when Jonathan and I first took our first Disney trip together, we redeemed his rewards dollars for essentially like a Disney gift card and used it throughout our trip. And it suddenly became like the bougiest Disney experience I had ever had. We ate all of these nice meals. We ordered cocktails and wine like everywhere we went. He even bought two lightsabers and brought those home. And I finally got myself a spirit jersey. So it felt like we were just spending Monopoly money the whole time we were there. And it really helped me to relax and enjoy every moment of our trip. So from there, I pretty much started researching travel credit cards and like fell down the white rabbit hole.
0: I love all of the references that were made just then, and I'm sure I picked up about half of them. So as you were getting more into points to help with these Disney trips, what were some of the first cards that you got after you kind of jumped down the white rabbit hole?
1: Yeah, well, the first like points and miles card I opened was one of the Southwest Airlines cards. We managed to open it at a time where they were doing a companion pass offer. So we opened one card, met the minimum spend, got the companion pass, and were able to use that, you know, for quite a bit of free traveling. And then from there, I opened the Chase Sapphire Preferred Ultimate Rewards card. So kind of took that like chase route that a lot of beginners take. And now, I mean, now I think I have probably like, six or seven active credit cards. We've opened four in the last six months. So, you know, we just roll through and like play like two-player mode, you know, I am referring my husband from time to time and then he'll refer me. So most recently we opened the Marriott Bonvoy Boundless card and got the five free nights. So we are definitely planning to use those at Disney Resort <laughs> or excuse me, the the Marriott on Disney property.
0: When people look at Disney for the first time, whether or not they know about points and miles or any of the different cost-saving tricks we're going to talk about today, there's a lot of sticker shock with the average family, 2.5 kids trying to plan a Disney vacation. How much does this normally cost? Like if somebody just didn't know any tricks and they're just like, I think we'll take a family vacation to Disney, what can people expect to spend?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So the average Disney trip costs a family of four, right about $6,000. And that's like baseline Disney. So you get got park tickets and, you know, a mid-range or, or value hotel, and then your, you know, your meals. So no real specialty experiences, which is a lot, you know, $6,000. That's not a trip that families can take multiple times a year or even every couple of years. That's like once in a lifetime. They say that the Disney trips can be like once in a lifetime type trips. So
0: so, if somebody's just starting out and they're like, okay, I want to do one specialty experience, where do you normally recommend that people start and how can they save money on it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of the entry level specialty experiences are character dining. You know, anytime you're dining on property at Disney, there's going to be a pretty big premium. But, you know, one of the benefits of that is, you know, you're in kind of a secluded area and the characters come over to your table. They, they interact, especially if you have little kids, you know, they they interact with them and you get kind of that one-on-one, like, you know, one-on-one time. Whereas In the parks, if you're doing like a character meet and greet, you're just kind of shuffled through pretty quickly. And it's tough to nail down where your favorite characters are. If you're a Disney Visa card holder, like there are private areas where you can meet like specialty characters like Stitch or Mrs. Incredible. They have the ones that are harder to harder to find like in the parks. And the same thing goes for annual pass holders, too. So they're secret perks, I guess, by having some of these exclusive like Disney cards or annual passes. Tell us a little bit more about those,
0: like the exclusive perks that come with them, but also how do you get annual passes
1: and what do those normally cost if you don't have any of these tricks? Disney has paused annual pass sales for the time being. There historically have been annual passes in in various tiers. Right now, the only thing that's available for purchase is a Florida resident annual pass. And so that's what we've purchased. That's the only option that you can purchase at this time. And we actually used the Chase Inc. business cash card and took that to Staples and bought a bunch of Disney gift cards, which was enough to cover the entire cost of the annual passes. Doing it that way was a little bit labor intensive, but it ended up earning me 5X back in ultimate rewards points. And I did not, as far as I'm aware, I did not find a shopping portal to stack those earnings, but it is possible that there's one out there and I just just didn't find it. But like I said, the process was somewhat labor intensive because you can only apply one gift card number to your cart on Disney's website when you're purchasing your tickets. So you have to merge all of your gift cards on a separate website and combine them into one and then you can complete the purchase. I will say if you're looking for discounts or extra perks with an annual pass, Disney does like to advertise that there are a bunch of benefits and like discounts and things like that off food or merchandise, but we have been Pretty underwhelmed at the amount of places that actually honor discounts for annual pass holders. We ask pretty much every single time we pay for something on property, and the only places that seem to offer a discount are like convenience store type locations where food codes as merchandise. So if you're thinking you're going to take your annual pass to Ohana and get your discount, you're not. How much is an annual pass? The Florida resident pick. It's called the Pixie Pass, and it is 3.99 plus tax. It comes with limitations and lots of blackout dates, which basically the pass is only valid Monday through Friday and not on holiday week. So like no Christmas, no Thanksgiving, no spring break. So there are a lot of limitations. But once you hold the pass for one year, you can then purchase any other type of pass. So that's what we're hoping to do is just have the Pixie Pass for one year and then upgrade into other passes that have less blackout dates. How much are those passes? Ooh, they get up there. I think the most expensive one, that's like the zero, zero blackout dates. I think that's around 1500
0: Per person? Per person.
1: Yeah. You really have to go a lot to make that worth it, right?
0: Yeah. Because if, how much is a normal ticket just
1: one day pass? Can you buy a one day pass? Do they even allow you to do that? Yep, absolutely. So you can buy a one day pass and without the park hopper option. So meaning you're going one park for one day, I think it's around like 120. These are like general ballparks. So just, you know, go on to Disney's website. And if you're planning a trip, go on to Disney's website and take a look at the ticket prices yourself just to validate because, you know, they do change. So, what are
0: some of the best ways to save on these different ticket prices? Because if you're starting at 120 and going up from there, that can add up really quickly. Like you mentioned, a family of four is probably going to expect to spend 6,000 all in for a Disney vacation. So, what are some options with points and miles to save and take down that cost, just for park tickets to start with?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, any purchase eraser card, like the Chase Sapphire Preferred. The Capital One Venture Rewards or the Venture X card, even the built rewards card, you can use those to buy your park tickets and then apply rewards as a statement credit to essentially erase the entire cost of the ticket from your credit card bill. One caveat to that is the purchase must code as travel. So it's best to use a third party site like Getaway Today or a travel agent, even. Because purchasing directly from Disney will code on your statement as retail, meaning it's not eligible for the purchase eraser. Also, if you have a city premier card, you can call their reservations number and let them know you want to purchase Disney tickets and apply thank you points and then do essentially the same exact thing.
0: And then with built, you're buying them through the portal
1: at a rate of 1.25
0: cents per point rather than the purchase eraser. So that one, at least you can just go straight through the portal.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I should state, it's no longer possible to just buy tickets and go into Disney World or Disneyland. You have to make a theme park reservation in advance. You can do that as far as 60 days out from your visit. And if you're staying at a Disney resort, you can do that 60 days out plus however long your resort stay is. So just be aware of that. If you try and show up on the day and it's a busy day in the middle of the summer, you're going to be turned away at the gate, which is very tragic.
0: If you've already purchased your ticket, they'll turn you away? Yeah. Oh, that is rough. It is rough. So you're probably going to need to make those reservations and you're going to need to make hotel reservations too. So what are some of the bougios Disney hotels, resorts that people stay at if they really want to get the Disney experience?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there are hotel options for literally every budget and caliber in the area surrounding Disney. I mean, Orlando is like Mecca for conventions. So you have no shortage of options as far as accommodations. If you're starting from the top down, I mean, there's no better place to start than a Disney resort. There's something extra special about staying on Disney property, being immersed in all of that theming. And then, of course, the convenience of having like the monorail or, you know, the Disney bus transportation. I mean, they just have thought of like every convenience, especially, again, if you have little kids at home. So Disney resorts come in four categories. There's the value, moderate, deluxe, and villa. Any guest staying at a Disney resort, regardless of the category, can enter theme parks 30 minutes before the official park opening time. So it's a huge perk. If you have, you know, a couple rides that you just want to knock off before the crowds get too big or the lines get too long, paying that extra premium and staying on property at a Disney resort can really add a lot of benefits to your park day. So there's probably a few different schools of thought on this, but my personal preference as far as deluxe resorts are the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian. I would say Fort Wilderness is really up there too for me, but the convenience of being on the monorail loop and of course, you know, the Grand Floridian is Disney's statement, like hallmark classic Florida hotel. So it really can't be beat. And then of course, if you want like that tropical beachy, relaxed vacation vibe the Polynesian is I mean just top-notch so both of them have the grand lobby and tons of different dining options the pool at the Polynesian to die for I mean there are two pools there's the lava pool and then like more of the quiet pool and both of them are really nice so if you are taking a very special trip to Disney you can't go wrong with either of those properties
0: I can't believe we've already recorded more than 100 podcast episodes it feels like we just started yesterday, but we've already covered so many great points and miles strategies on this show, and have many more to come. If you're new to this show or looking to level up your points game quickly, I offer a bunch of resources at geobreezetravel.com/start here. It includes links to free consults, free trials to some of my favorite points tools, and also links to services like group coaching, which start at only five dollars per session through the Patreon. Again, that's slash start here, which I have linked for you in the show notes. And speaking of the Patreon, this week's Patreon shout-out goes out to Kim. Thank you so much for being a part of the GeoBreeze Travel Patreon community. These are both deluxe resorts? Correct, yeah. What's the sticker price normally?
1: So, I have not yet found a way to book Disney resorts on points and miles, but we have stayed many times at deluxe resorts by renting DVC points. You can check out. David's Vacation Club Rentals or DVC Rental Store. Both of those are legitimate websites that have terms and conditions. And most recently, we stayed at the Polynesian. And that price was about $300 a night that we paid. The rack rate is anywhere between six dollars and $900 a night. So, you know, depending on when you're staying, the Grand Floridian goes up from there. So, yeah, I mean, you can pay easily, $1000 plus a night to stay at the Grand Floridian or you can save a bundle by renting points from DVC members.
0: How about the top tier? What is that villa?
1: Yeah, so the villa category is basically just another designation for Disney Vacation Club room options they typically have they have 1, 2 and 3 bedroom villas and they back the ones at Fort Wilderness. They have a hot tub out back and you can you can be in your hot tub watching the fireworks and over magic kingdom and having the music like pumped into your jacuzzi area. So that's kind of the level of detail that goes into the villa category. I
0: think the bougiest of Disney experiences that I've heard of as far as accommodations was that Star Wars thing. That was like $6,000. I don't even remember what it's called. I'm sure you know what it's called.
1: Yes. What is that? And why is it $6,000? The Galactic Star Cruiser is what it's called. And yes, I mean, for a four-guest cabin, it is $5,999 per voyage, which is one night, two days. And I think the reason why there's just so much hype about the Star Cruiser stays is because it's completely immersive so if you are a star wars nerd i mean there's just nothing like it you're like interacting with characters you get a job from the moment you check in or arrive like you get a job and you're a part of the story so i think one of the things that people really you know really gravitate to disney for is that basically getting sucked into the narrative and you know kind of you fall Yeah, I wouldn't say fall prey to the hype, but you definitely drink the Kool-Aid. And so Star Cruiser is one of those things.
0: As far as drinking goes, what kinds of packages do they have for food and drink for people who are like, well, I want to elevate my experience and I don't really just want to have hot dogs all day. Do they have restaurant packages or is this always you're making reservations to different fancy restaurants?
1: How does that normally work? Yeah, great question. So, a lot has changed as far as Disney dining. And I will say that Disney as a company has really leveled up their options. I mean, if you have food sensitivities, allergies, anything like that, you can be accommodated no matter what it is. Additionally, it's not just hot dogs and chicken tenders at Disney anymore. There are incredible five star, like triple A diamond rated restaurants that, depending on your palate and what your price point is, you can find incredible elevated dining options. I mean, Victoria and Albert's is one of those one of those examples, right? Like at the Grand Floridian, they have, it's Disney's signature restaurant. I think the price to dine is $295 per guest and wine pairings start at $150 on top of that. So it's not a $10 burger with fries. So I, and my understanding is there's, you know, a dress code included as well. It's, exquisite and intimate and very upscale. Is there a way to hack that? The, I mean, certainly. Yeah. So we were, I was mentioning at the start of the podcast about the Disney rewards Visa card, and I haven't used the rewards there personally, but my understanding is you can redeem those rewards for any food and any merchandise purchase at Disney. So that's alcoholic beverages, any meal that you have. So my understanding is that would be the only way to hack it. So
0: who is Victoria and who is Albert?
1: <laughs> so Queen Victoria was Queen of England. And also a fun fact about Victoria, she made popular the white wedding dress. Before Victoria, people would just wear their nicest dress to get married. And She wore a white wedding dress, and then it just became a thing. And still today, people typically wear white on their wedding day. So yeah, Victoria was Queen of England. She married a man named Albert, and they were famously in love with one another, had many kids, and she ruled England happily for years. Also, there's a darling movie with Emily Blunt called The Young Victoria, and I would recommend it to anyone. Like, it's super cute and worth watching. (laughs)
0: What kind of food do they serve at this restaurant to make it $300 to start?
1: Yeah, so it is a prefix menu. I think there's seasonal offerings. So, you know, they definitely are like they're tweaked throughout the year. Uh, but yeah, I don't th- that's that's the only information that you're going to get before you go there.
0: <laughs> are children going to this restaurant, too? Like people are paying $300 for their 12 year old
1: to have this prefix menu? The age minimum is 10. So any guest 10 and up can go, but yeah, I think the price remains the same no matter, (laughs) no matter the age. I wonder if they have pizza on the prefix menu. (laughs) That is
0: quite the experience. Okay. We've talked about bougie dining, bougie hotel stays, VIP passes, anything else that is like, if money were no object, what would people do at Disney? And how can people save on it if they're like, well, money is definitely an object?
1: Yeah. So when money is no object, I would definitely recommend you check out the Disney VIP tours. They are open and available to anyone who, you know, who wants to book, but they are gonna cost you. So Disney VIP store, a Disney VIP tour can range from 425 to upwards of like $800 per hour. And then there's a seven hour minimum. The maximum is 10 hours. So in within that range, you're looking at between six dollars and $8,000 for a day plus a tip. So the way that it works is on a Disney VIP tour, you can have up to 10 people per tour guide. So When you book a VIP tour, you can expect your Disney day to be entirely customized. They can bring you to the front of every line. So you can basically pick and choose like the things you want to hit and make sure that you get to ride. You can ride them again and again. So if you want to do Rise of the Resistance or Slinky Dog Dash, you know, three times in a row go right ahead. The other like huge perk is that there is a car that meets you basically, you know, behind the scenes and will drive you to and from the different parks. So you really save on walking time and I think in general they just on the tours try to like maximize your time. So I have heard it said that let's say you have a big family trip and you want to do all the headliners. You can actually save money by booking like 2 days of VIP tours and you know getting on all of your favorite rides versus buying like 5 days of park tickets 5 days of resort stays 5 days of you know meals it's actually sometimes better to do more of these like upscale things and make, I mean, make your trip like so easy and enjoyable. It's, they're incredibly accommodating. There is like a designated VIP tour space for fireworks at every park. So if you want to go into like a separate roped off area and watch the fireworks with your family, where it's just you guys, that is an option when you're booking a VIP tour.
0: Does the VIP tour already include your tickets or any accommodations or anything else that's all separate?
1: It is separate, yeah. So you have to buy your tickets on top of the the tour price, and I did mention, you know, tipping. That is that is not optional. You you know you do need to tip. VIP tours are a you know really great option just on their own for money saving. But if you're a solo traveler or you know you're just part of a small group, you can look online. There are some online boards and Facebook groups that are trying to match families with families, or they have like one or two slots available in their VIP tour. So you can hop onto somebody else's and instead of paying three, four, $5,000 for a VIP tour, you can pay maybe five or 600. So definitely a way to do that a little bit cheaper.
0: Because those thousands of dollars are just the flat rate to hire the guide for that many hours, but you can get up to 10 people in there and it's going to be the same price, whether you have two in your group or 10 in your group. Exactly. Crazy. Wow. I did (laughs) not know any of this existed because it's been a couple decades since I've been to Disney. Do you know if this is a Florida specific thing or do they all do this in all the
1: parks? I believe this is every park. Yeah.
0: All right. So we have covered... VIP tours, bougie restaurants, bougie resorts, (laughs) anything else if somebody's like, I am going to live my richest of rich lives with this Disney vacation and any other ways to hack it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the hands down, bar none, the most like exclusive thing you can ever do at Disney is attend Club 33. But my understanding is it is invite only. So unless you're a celebrity or a professional athlete, it's not going to happen for you. I have yet to find a way (laughs) to hack myself into Club 33. But I think it's one of those things where if you're like a Disney diehard, that is, I mean, that's, that's bucket list, like put a fork in me, I am done. I've done it all at Disney. So. What is Club 33? Club 33 is a private dining club located within Disney Park. And the first one was opened in 1967 at Disneyland. And I think it was a celebrity meetup type place. And a lot of like executives and just friends of Walt would go there to socialize. There is one in the Orlando parks as well, but it is incredibly private and membership only. So yeah, that's what I know. If anyone's got the hookups to Club 33, get at me.
0: I feel like every hotel program or something has some exclusive club that we we don't even know about. There's like the Inner Circle or the Royal Ambassador or something. I oh, don't yeah. even know if they have those anymore, but there's like you think that Marriott Ambassador is the top status, or you think that Hyatt Globalist is the top status. There's there's statuses above that that are invite only. It's like the Amex Black card, which is above Amex Platinum. And it is not surprising to know that Disney has their own version of that. So with everything that you have learned over the years about how to hack bougie Disney experiences, what would you say is your number one tip for people listening today? If they're like, "Wow, this seems really out of reach,"
1: yeah, I mean, we've talked about some incredible, like once in a lifetime type experiences. I mean, Disney itself is once in a lifetime, right? But I really just want people to to understand, like, it is absolutely possible to take your family to Disney without spending tens of thousands of dollars and you can have a once in a lifetime trip without spending your entire life savings. So I mean, points and miles make that possible, right? And I would just say the only thing you can take with you in life is memories. So life is incredibly short. And if you're lucky enough to know about points and miles at all, like don't stress too much about the calculations or getting the best possible redemptions, just Get out there, book your trip, spend time with your family, and create memories that matter.
0: Awesome advice. And speaking of great advice, can you give shout-outs to some other people on the internet who other people should follow for points and miles tips?
1: Oh, you bet. So Tom Bricker at Disney Tourist blog is like, I would say the guru for these, you know, these types of tips. But I have found a lot of value in Instagram content for almost free traveling as well as Ashley gets around. Both of them just have incredible content for points and miles. So check them out. I also wanted to note on your podcast episodes 48 and 74 also touch on a lot of Disney trip inspiration. So be sure to check those out. Just a little plug for you, for your podcast. And on the internet, you can find me at damselindevelopment.com. I have a commercial real estate blog. And so if you're at even a little bit curious about real estate development or you're like, what is real estate development? Go check me out there. And then also on Instagram at damsel in development.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you, Monique, so much for coming onto the show today. I knew none of this. (laughs) This is how most people feel when I start talking about points and miles where they're like, this was just a foreign language. And (laughs) I had no idea all of these different things existed that these perks even existed or these luxury experiences. And of course, different ways to save on them and hack everything from Disney Vacation Club to different Facebook groups to using points like built-in Capital One to save. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you! P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a 5-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly Masterclass Hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreece hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care and happy travels!